When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. If you're a Steelers fan, where else would you want to be right now other than, you know, maybe preparing for a playoff game or something? That would be really nice, but that's not happening. So instead, you're going to be here with us. I am behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield, and with me, as always, Big Brosco, my big brother, Rich. Rich, how's it going tonight? It is going very well tonight, um, minus the Steelers not still being playing football. Uh, this yeah. always used to be a little bit of a sad time of year for me because, you know, you know, no more Steeler football, less and less football altogether. It's mm-hmm. like last night was a Monday night, and I was like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I had said the weekend before, I didn't watch all of the Monday night game just because I had, you know, I was trying to get stuff done for the website, things like that. And of course, which is behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But I but I I, I ended up watching a, a lot of that game. But I had said going into it, I'm like, man, oh man, whoever wins that Monday night game, aren't they royally screwed? Didn't they get the shaft of having to, you know, play on a Monday and then turn around and ready for a playoff game? Yeah, it didn't really matter, did it? Uh, <laughs> because the, really. the Rams, although they did all they could to try to lose that game. They, uh, they, they still managed to do it. Rich, let's talk a little bit about football from this past weekend, just because, I mean, when there was only seven games left in the season going into last weekend, and more than half of them occurred already because they were they were on Saturday and Sunday, uh, you kind of got to at least mention what's going on a little bit. 
every single game had a field goal kick to finish the fourth quarter, three of which were to win and the other of which was to send it to overtime. Did, yeah. Were you watching many of the games? Did, were you paying uh, attention? I mean, it oh, was, yeah. I was, I mean, I, I was, I was tuned in. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The, the, the Buffalo game, because my wife and daughter were wanting to watch something else. I was watching on my phone until the last 13 seconds, which we can get into anyway. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was some interesting, interesting football, the way that all came down. I'm uh, I'm kind of bummed. Because I don't, I I feel like I kind of got to pull for the lesser of two evils in the AFC, and I'm definitely wanting to pull for the AFC over the NFC, and and Dag Gummit, those those bungles have a chance that, I mean, all they have to do is pull off the win against the team they recently beat, and they're in the Super Bowl. And I still think the AFC has a big advantage in the Super Bowl personally. But uh, man, crazy weekend! General thoughts. Uh, see, see where you say the AFC has a big advantage in the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily agree. Um, I do with the be- teams that are left. That's just me. Uh, that, see, I don't necessarily see it that way because the whichever team comes out of the NFC uh, is a very good defensive team. You know, your two teams that are left in the NFC play. Yeah, play pretty good defense, have some pretty good players on the defense side of the football and might be able to, you know, slow down the offenses on the other side. But, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this, you know, am I super excited about the teams that are left? No, not really. However, at least this year, if I feel like it, I can turn on the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> See, I really don't want to see the same team go three years in a row. But at the same time, then I would mean I had to be pulling for the Bungles. So I honestly, I was I was really pulling for for Buffalo once the Steelers were out. That's that was the team I was kind of wanting to see. I, I got a good friend of mine that that uh, his whole family was is a Buffalo fan uh, or Buffalo fans, and uh, and and that one was disheartening. Real quick, just because it's a general NFL question, because I know we got a super chat I want to get to it because yep. that's a subject we're going to talk about anyway. Before we get into our, our main subject, uh, which is a little bit of turning back the clock, you'll see. And that is now everyone wants to talk about the NFL in overtime and what they're doing now um, for for the, the controversy of, you know, oh, well, the Bills didn't even get to touch the ball in overtime. I'm going to ask your opinion about yep. everything, and then I'm going to probably give a counter argument, even though I don't know if I definitely agree with it. I've been looking at both sides of this for a while, so I kind of want to know where you're standing. All right, a couple things, okay? Well, the way the rule's set up, if every time it happens that a team doesn't get the ball, the team that loses this, this whole mm-hmm. thing comes up. You know what? At first, I'm like, you know what? The NFL should do something. The NFL should change. The NFL should do this. And then after a couple of days, I sit back and I look at it. I was like, you know what, Buffalo? You had every opportunity to stop them. All you had to do was keep them from scoring a touchdown, and you get to touch the ball, and you couldn't do it. Oh, well. Uh, which is often how I feel when I'm like, I, I don't know that there's a great way to do overtime at all. 
I really not. don't. I, I don't know that anything like I'll I'll throw a couple ideas out here after okay. a bit, but I, you know I, I don't know if they're any better. You know, but here is here's an argument, and I was just bringing up counterpoints to people. Okay. And here and, and here's what it is. Uh hold on. I think I got a got a okay. got a no, got okay. I'm trying to get second, rid of something. It, okay. All right. Um just for those of you on YouTube, you probably you didn't see that when I had to take care of something somewhere else. Um, so here's here's the deal. If the argument is this, you're like, oh well, if they're so good, why doesn't their their defense should make a stop? And I agree with that. But there are three phases to football. In overtime, college takes one phase out of it. They basically ignore special teams especially when they start making you go for two in the second, you know, they, they barely touch special teams. At least the NFL doesn't do that. But my point is this, if you're dealing with two dominant offenses and two struggling defenses, a coin flip decides which team has to put their weaker unit out there first. And when you think of it that way, you know, a coin flip is deciding who has to put their weaker unit out there first. That's my issue. So it's like, yeah, I mean, the only other option, and I'm maybe they should have considered this. Maybe Buffalo should have gone for a surprise onside kick in overtime. You know what I mean? Because if you didn't trust your defense, because I I kind of brought up some counterpoints with uh, with Chris Adamski from the um, the 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 tri Tribune review, yeah, um, from the trip. Um, on Twitter, he's like, you know, you actually had a good point. Because his point was, hey, if you give both teams a possession with the way these offenses were, one was going to score a touchdown, the next is going to score a touchdown, and then the Chiefs get it to score a, a touchdown on the third position, why does it even matter? I'm like, well, if the Bills knew their offense was not going to get it or their defense wasn't going to get it done against the Chiefs, they'd have had the option to go for two in overtime if they scored the touchdown to match the Chiefs. You know? So it's another – to me, I like having the choice of which unit you have on the field to win the game if you can do that. That's the only thing that current overtime rules take away a little bit. I'm right. not saying there's something that's better. I'm just but saying that's the counter argument. Yeah. Under that last argument that you that you just made. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why didn't Buffalo go for two? In regulation, that's what that's then what Chris Adamski asked me. I'm like, that's a completely different argument. That's not even the same argument at all. Because because it is, it is if you don't think your saying, defense can stop everybody. But what but the point is you were you had the lead and you and did you really want to go for two for to have a four point lead with 13 seconds left where a field goal would make you lose the game? That's the only difference. Yeah, where you're like a field goal would make you, you lose play the game. That if you're confident of, in yeah. your team, a field goal couldn't tie the game. No, exactly. But I mean even better, you shouldn't have given up a field goal with 13 seconds left. There's 101 different ways you could have played that game. And of course, hindsight, you look at it, but and you say, well, they could have done this and could have that. You know, you know what the but best they comment I saw? They, they shouldn't have gained that many yards in with no timeouts in 13 know, seconds to kick the field goal. You know the best comment I saw somewhere? I don't even remember Wait, where they I did saw have it. timeouts. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. You know how you know how Buffalo should have played it? Oh, they should have tackled everyone at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they should have played a Bill Belichick style. Yeah, Bill, I, just, I, I, I called it a Belichick slash Vrabel move. I, I put it yeah. in the Slack channel. That might be where you saw it. Yeah, a, a, Bill, a Belichick slash Vrabel move. On the last on that last play where they completed to Kelsey, I would have I would have put two deep safeties, 
okay, set up to rush four, but would have dropped one to be a spy and really rush three because they only rushed three, I think. No, they rushed four. Anyway, I would have taken five guys, lined it up with their five eligible receivers, tackled them off the line, and just grabbed a hold of their jerseys, anything you could grab, their shoes, and hold them on the ground. And just hold them on the ground. What are they going to do? Call a five-yard holding penalty, and the time runs out, and you get one one untimed down? Right. That that's all you would have, you know. That they, that's after a, a – mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and some people are like, well, they should have swib kicked it. Well, what if an up man intercepts the ball and falls on it right away, and next thing you know, they get it to 35. You just gave them 10 yards, you know, with and only lost a second or two. Right. Or, 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 or what if you still get it to Tyreek Hill? That's what they were trying to avoid is having their right. dynamic return guys being able to do anything. Correct. So uh, no, to me the thing that made the smart play was was mm-hmm. play play your two deep safeties, or honestly, I'd play three deep, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And basically jam, hold, yeah, you know, illegal contact, whatever. Mm-hmm. But interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my thing right. is, is, I don't know if there's anything better with overtime. If you just want to start going to another, then another possession, I, I'm just like, then just play 15 minutes and whoever's leading at the end of 15. I had another idea, but I, I don't know if this would ever. No, it, no, honestly, the, the way to, the way to do it, that the NFL mm-hmm. will never do it. The only way you do it and make it right is you play another quarter. Yeah. And you play it out and you have all that same intensity that you have towards the end of the game. But that'll never fly because they're like, but then we're subjecting guys to all this more time on the field, and they can get hurt and blah, blah, blah. Well, my thought better is, than a, you know what? Better than a coin flip. You know what? My thought to that is, then win the game. Yeah. Here, Here's here's my idea. Tell, tell me if this is crazy. And it pro- I, I could probably crazy. blow a million. I could probably blow a million holes in it, but it's an int- it's an intriguing idea. In the now, I wouldn't do this in the regular season, or I guess you could, but in the playoffs, playoffs, in the playoffs, if this is really just a conversation between two brothers right now, where other people just happen to be listening, in in the playoffs, if the game is tied at the end of regulation, don't do a coin flip. Treat it just like you would the end of the third quarter. The team with possession. You flip the ends of the field, and wherever they have a ball, they go. If they scored on the final play, then that's the team that's kicking off. Yeah. You know, if if, if you kick off with two seconds left and the team gets the ball um, at the at the twenty seven yard line, guess what? It's they're at the twenty seven yard line first and ten to start overtime. If Actually, someone had the no. ball for twenty some seconds and they took a knee to go to overtime, guess what? They're coming back. Second and ten from the same spot, so you wouldn't have taken the day. You just would let the time roll out because you would have had the ball the same thing. If you would have come out and had an incomplete pass on not an incomplete pass, um, oh, let's say you take a sack, okay, on first and ten, trying trying to make a play, okay. Well, you come back and it's and it's second and sixteen from wherever it was. So that way, it's not a coin flip. You're just continuing the game in the manner. That it that it would have that from the third to the fourth quarter played out. It's tied. You know what? I you can, you can. I'm sure you can pick some holes. You can in poke it, holes in that, but that is not a terrible idea to start. No, that to me is intriguing. Why mm-hmm. put it on a coin coin flip? Why mm-hmm. reward the team that just scored to tie it up at the end potentially? Yeah, yeah. To then get the ball why, right back why, again. Yeah, to get the ball right back again and be able to put the game away uh, on a coin flip. Not. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I could see that yeah. argument a little now, bit. Now, here's the other thing. That would also keep end of regulation. You're, are you going to line up and go for a 58-yard field goal on third down? Or are you just going to let it go to overtime and try to convert the third down and get a closer field goal in overtime? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I would have no problem with, actually. Right. So so you wouldn't be as rushed at the end of the game in a tie game because you know you're just going into overtime um, to end the quarter. But All just right. some thoughts. Let's move on. Uh, yep. We got to get to the to the topic tonight soon. But first things first, $5 in tip jar from Fa Sean Manahan. He said, um, thank you, Sean, for the tip. Uh, he says, so apparently Steelers are only interviewing D coordinators that aren't going to step on Tomlin's toes as Coach T wants to call all the shots, good or nah. Okay. Here's what's crazy. Somebody, I, one of the Pittsburgh beat reporters, I wish I could tell you which one. You know what? I don't think it was Jer Bear. I don't know who it was. No, it wasn't. Somebody brought this up, and I, and, and I love this idea. They're like, so all of a sudden, all Tomlin is is a cheerleader, and then the exact same people, all he does is have his hands too much and everything. Freaking make up your mind. Make up your mind. Is he just a cheerleader and doesn't do enough? Or is he doing too much? Okay? You can't have it both ways. Now, every single head coach has their fingers on the team and most likely more on the side of the ball that they come from. You know, there are, I think I saw the stats, at least 12 head coaches that call plays either offensively or defensively for their teams in the NFL. It's not like it's a rare thing. The only thing that's made this a little bit more it was the you know, was from Jerry Dulock of the Pittsburgh Post. Jeff Hartman talked about this on his Let's Ride Monday um, that that outlined it, where he was very critical of it. So that's the only reason that's been more. But I mean, do you really expect the head coach not to not to be involved? And is he too involved? Bottom line is, we didn't know he was involved at all, and now we feel he's too involved. We still don't really know, do we? No, not really. Yeah. So I would, it's really hard to bring in a defensive coordinator if you're saying, hey, come in. I mean, especially if you're talking like the guy from the Giants who's an up-and-coming guy um, that that you say, hey, come on in, but you're not going to be the assistant head coach like you were in New York, and also I'm going to call the plays. Why would, why would he do that? So, I, you know, that doesn't make it as attractive for – hiring a better candidate unless coach Tomlin's willing to do that. But then again, the Steelers did have to, I thought it was just one and didn't realize that they upped it to two for coordinators about three months ago, that they mm -hmm. do have to interview external candidates, at least two minority candidates and period to, to comply to the Rooney rule. So even, even interviewing Tara Austin wouldn't even count towards that. So the Steelers have to do that. I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous if they have to go through the procedure against a, a, a rule, you know, to fulfill a rule. I honestly think that that if anybody, the Rooney should be doing this in good faith, knowing that if somebody's better than who they thought they were going to have internally, kind of like they did with Mike Tomlin to hire him in the first place, that they would yep. possibly pull the trigger. Do you, do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's since last chats. week. Yeah, you know, no more Keith Butler. He's retiring. We'll see if he's retired like Bruce Arians or retired for real. Um, well, that, that'll be interesting to see. I'm trying to get to him. Here we go. I know I'm catching up now because there's where I had to. There's the next one. To, you got it? Yep. Um, Tyler W. was about our thing. You got to love an entire season coming down to one play. 
with those, yeah, with those last second kicks in every one of those games. That that those were those were absolutely crazy. They were really in, insane. Yep. Um, I can't think of a of a better overall divisional weekend from with all four games, just from pure football watching experience meeting. Of course, it's going to be better anytime the Steelers are playing. Didn't matter. So, all right. Um, next one was we got $2 from Steelers Nation 412. Thank you very much. Uh, it says Juju shows interest in Chiefs now. Why? Why? They have so many playmakers. Do you want to be buried on the on their player? You know, I, I think I saw somebody say, what does he want to do? Get two targets, those the, the two times in a game that Travis Kelsey isn't open and Tyree kills on the bench? Yeah, but, but but at the same time, how could you not blame him for having some interest there? I mean, yeah. why would you not? Yeah. Why would you not want to play with explore your options? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so. sometimes you got to you you have to weigh winning versus how and how high of a priority am I going to be with what I want to do? Um right. so uh, it's funny because then the person after that said that Hill wasn't the return man for that. Uh, all I was going by was what Jeff Hartman had said on his podcast. I didn't go back. Actually, and check it I'm pretty sure that he was on that yeah, particular I, kick. I, I don't know. I know he was for other ones, but yeah, some, some, some good, crazy stuff. Um, I know we got one more before we dive into this. Okay. And this was, uh, Sean Manahan, two more dollars. He says, uh, 49ers bungles part three, 81, 88, 2021. That'd be interesting. I don't remember the 81, of course, but I remember the 88. Do you remember the 81? Yeah, I do. Yeah. so Barely, but um, I do. And that was the 81 season, so I guess it would have been January of 82, probably. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. I could see that, but I, I don't know. I, I I can almost be indifferent now to, to who wins them now. But uh, uh, you ready to dive into this topic? Sure. I mean, we're almost 20 minutes in. Let's do this. Okay, this is what we're actually going to do. This We're going to do this. I don't know if we're going to do it every week, but this is some of what we're going to be doing um, in our shows coming up. We are going to be um, – was that your was That your that was my phone. phone. Yes, it was. <laughs> and that I, is – I thought I'd muted it, but, you know, there you come. So We're going we're, we're gonna to turn back the clock. We're going to turn back the clock. You, you ready? Do you, you, you want to go all Wayne's World on it, Rich? okay we're turning back the clock actually to june 1st okay we're gonna look at some of the things that we looked at this past off the last off season and last mainly last summer leading up to the steelers 2021 season and we're gonna revisit some of the stuff that we looked at see how bad how bad we were off the mark and then we're going to reassess it based on how the season played out. So that's what we're doing this week. If you if you're new to the show, we'll, don't worry, we'll recap what we did back in that show. If you want to know that exact show, you can look it up from June 1st. You could go to behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all the Pittsburgh Steelers and find the article um, which was actually published on June 2nd. Um, or you can just look it up on YouTube or anywhere where we do podcasts. And that show was asking, uh, where, where was it? Uh, who was, who's going to make the biggest jump in 2021? Hence why this show is now entitled who made the biggest jump in 2021. So we're going to look at what we thought 
and then we're gonna then we're gonna do a new list. So, are you ready for that. the embarrassment? I'm just glad we're not dogs. Yeah, because we'd have to <laughs> well, wear the cone of shame. We would have to wear the cone. Of shame. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter has a has a card game that has that, that you have to wear the cone of shame yes. if something happens. Uh, I I actually I think I think she learned that game from your from your daughter. <laughs> uh, probably anyway. Yeah. So. um yeah, that's exploding kittens, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Um, couldn't could leave that hanging out there. So let's look at our five predictions of who we thought were going to make the biggest jump in 2021. So here we go. I had making a big jump, Kevin Dotson. That was my number five. Did Dotson really make a jump? I'm going to have to go with the negatory on that one, mainly because of him getting injured. I still think he was a key part of that offensive line. Jeffrey Benedict and I actually have a vertex coming out about that on Come Thursday. On, you can't break down each one of these. Get through these lists. And no, we gotta that's all because some of them are repeats, so it's no big deal. So Kevin Dodson, would you say he made a he made a, a big jump, a little jump, no jump, or move back? Are you wanting me? Okay, let me just, just have, are quick. you wanting me to talk about my list, or are you wanting to go through the old list? We're going, No. You could have answered the question. We could have been on to the next person if you would have just asked. Number five <laughs> on my list of people no. who made the jump then is Kevin Dotson. No, okay. That's why I don't want you to talk about each one coming through here like that because it's like – You actually have him list? who made a jump. I do because I feel had he out. not been hurt, I feel that had he not been hurt, yeah. he was the guy that I feel was pulling the line together. The line was starting to play much mm-hmm. better. He got hurt. Then the line really regressed. Gotcha. Well, yeah, and like I said, Jeffrey and I are going to be breaking that down in an article on Thursday. But to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Kevin Dotson at a jump at all because he was playing really well in his limited opportunity as a rookie, and it's not like he flashed to show anything that much better. Although I think, like you say, he could have if he would have been given the opportunity. Well, and You're, let me put it this. Yeah. Let me put it this yeah. way. Yeah. The fact that he is number five on my list of players who jump should tell you something about what I think of the Steelers and jumping. <laughs> How many people really jump? That's a good point. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Your number five from before was Minka Fitzpatrick. Yep. Do you think Minka made a jump? A jump? No. Basically, Minka just continued, continued along. Where, I think Minka had a shift in his game and his responsibility. Yes. Uh, I know yes. Ryan Clark was saying how he thought this was the best year that Minka had as his, with the Steelers, but he didn't have the big numbers. He didn't have the interceptions and things like that. Um, you had Kevin Dotson as number four. I had James Washington as my number four mm-hmm. um, when we did this before. I thought he had the opportunity to make a big jump. He just, and he didn't. He didn't. When he did play most games, he was didn't seem to really be coming through with as as uh, as even a capable number 3 wide receiver. He did show some good things in the postseason game at the end um especially when you know when kind of more when the game was out of reach but still um had some nice catches to show what he was capable of but I don't think James Washington became an uh no. a play in play out Kind, he made any kind of jump this past year. You and I both had the same player for number three for our list, and that was James Pierre. 
Yep, that was bad. <laughs> he got a chance to be to be the quote unquote starter and ended up getting benched. <laughs> so yep. yeah. So yeah, that that was that was that one wasn't one that I think made made a made a big jump. But like I said, when we do our list, I don't know if anyone made a quote unquote big jump. Okay. Right. I had my number two was Chooks a quarter four. I thought he had an opportunity if he was going to get moved back to left tackle. Yeah, that didn't work. He didn't even go back to left tackle. Quick question on that, just just so I know. Do you think Chooks Accord for staying at right tackle was more about Chooks or more about Dan Moore Jr.? Yes. <laughs> I, a lot of people were saying about moving more to right tackle, moving more to right tackle. You just have to remember in the preseason last year, he was not good at right tackle. He was not ready for right tackle. He was better at left tackle, and I think that's why they did what they did. Doesn't mean that he couldn't. It would just take an awful lot of work in the offseason. All right. So we both said James. Or sorry, after the after the Chooks of Core Four, your number two, then I'll say was my number one in Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we could talk about him now or we could talk about him later, if you know what I mean. Um, I thought he had a chance to make a huge jump. I don't know that he made a huge jump um this year, but you know, we'll we'll get to him in a little bit. And your number one was making a big jump you was you had chase claypool yep anything you want to say about that um slightly was slightly disappointed he did not make the improvements i expected of somebody that got to go through a full camp yeah that's why i thought that's why i thought he would jump because he would get a full camp he didn't really have a real yeah didn't have a real training camp well then once again they weren't in latrobe this past year too either but right something interesting you realize you're like, oh, Chase Claypool didn't have near the season the, the year before. He, he had four less targets, three less receptions, 13 less yards. That's it. It was very close to the year before. Yeah. And that was in one last game. Yeah. And I and I would have said that honestly, uh, you know, he pretty much held steady. Yeah. I the mean, way, da- was, way down on the touchdown numbers. Was he had nine receiving and two rushing touchdowns as a rookie, and he only had two total touchdowns, both receiving this year. That's the biggest step down was the receptions. In other words, his numbers didn't – it wasn't like they fell off a cliff, but he definitely didn't jump. Right. So, um, so, so that was our lists. So, okay, before we get into our new lists, did I miss another one in there, or do we just have this one from No, Sean? just this one. Just the two dollars from Sean. He says, "Anytime a safety leads leads in tackles means the defense sucked." Um, especially yeah. if he's making tackles. If he's making tackles in the run game, yeah. If he's making if he's making short tackles in the passing game, not necessarily. I wouldn't say it's not good when your safety leads. I wouldn't you have said that. that about you know Steve Atwater, but that's you know. true. Yeah, yeah. I but Mick so is not, Mick is safety, not supposed yeah. to be it. Mink is not supposed yeah. to be Steve Atwater, but no, so that's I get not what you're saying, Sean. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not any time, but yeah, for the most part, they're yeah, I get what you're saying. So let's do this. Okay, let's break this down. We now are going to say who we think actually was the most improved Steelers. Now, I don't know if you included rookies or not. Uh, it's up to you because some of these guys, you have to just look at the jump, not necessarily a jump that they made from last year or this year. It could even be a jump within the season. So you could, you could have, you were free to look at it either way. So Rich, 
your number five, you already said was it was Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson. And we talked about it a little Mainly bit. Mainly that was because my... that basically that was a lot because I didn't feel that he took a big step back, especially with having to play around. I mean, think about it. Now suddenly he what he goes in those first games he's playing and he's got rookies playing on either side of him. Yes. Yes. So, you know, he I thought he held it together. Yes, he did. And honestly, I, I the only reason I didn't have him, I'll tell you, I don't have him on my list at all because I, I feel like he almost had an incomplete for this season. The I, way I, under, it, it I understand due, because due, due I, I really debated whether yeah. or not to put him on there or yeah. not, but I did. But you needed somebody else. And I'll tell you, my number five was Alex Highsmith. Okay. Who And that was, you know, so I, I'm like at least through someone on my previous list. I think Alex Highsmith did make a, did make a jump, just not as big of a junk jump as I would have liked to have seen. Like he played almost twice as many snaps as he did his rookie season. And he ended up with three times as many sacks going from two to six, three times as many tackles for loss going from five to 15, almost three times as many quarterback hits going from six to 15. Um, not quite twice as many tackles. He went from 48 to 74. Now he didn't have an interception or any pass defense, but he did have a forced fumble. So to me, he did, he did progress, but I also think some of it was he's not he's not asked to be TJ Watt. They only you can't have two guys being TJ Watt at the same time. You can't both have that role. So he kind of has a little bit of a different role. But I thought he did a nice job, and I thought that he that he out of all the honestly between all the rookies, the only ones that really last sorry last year's rookies. The only ones that really came close to making any kind of jump were, as Jeff Hartman talked about when he looked at the the, the rookie class and his let's ride for Monday, um, for the 2020 rookies, was High Smith and Dotson. That's really yeah. it. So mm-hmm. yeah. So there's that one. Are you ready to move on? Are we are we gonna are we gonna be talking about some new names now? Because mine are all new names. <laughs> so we'll see. Who's your number no, four, Rich? My number four. Is a killer Witherspoon. Really? Yes. Okay. Mainly for the jump we saw in the season. I mean, we made the trade, we got him. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, wasn't active, wasn't active. And everybody's like, what is going on? What's going on? And finally, he gets his opportunity and comes in and plays very well. Yes. Plays yeah, better than did. we were, better than we were probably expecting. Mm-hmm. And you know several interceptions and things like that, and so glad the team in interceptions with three, yeah. Right. So to me, that guy came in from being nowhere on the radar, aka not even on our team, to coming in and not being active, to even playing, to then playing and making an impact. Yeah, I am not going to disagree with you. I actually, I have my season-ending. PFF grade article for the defense coming out t- tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Witherspoon is one of the people that um, is highlighted in there because of having a pretty good score. I'm going to tell you my number four. Okay. My number four, believe it or not, is one John LeGlue. Now, I'm not, I'm saying he jumped big from where he started. Not that all of a sudden he's fantastic. But this guy came into the Steelers where you didn't know if he was even going to make the practice squad. He probably wasn't. 
played well enough in the preseason that landed on the practice squad, did well enough with the practice squad that when the Steelers had injury problems, next thing you know, he's the starter at the end of the season. And in the words of Mike Tomlin talking about Duck Hodges um, playing against the Chargers, he didn't kill us. Yeah, he had some, you know, uh, he had an easier game, I think, again, he did better in the, I think it was against the Browns than he did against the Ravens. I think he had a pretty rough game there. But I'll say this, he wasn't nearly as bad as like J.C. Hassenauer last year was. That was right. really bad. Yeah. So to me, to go from where he was up to there, I thought that was pretty good. Although, you know, I'm not one of those people that said, oh, the glue was a pleasant surprise. We should plug him in as the starter. No, I think he's a guy that I think definitely earns to to, to stick around, you know, yep. for depth. But yep. my goodness, the Steelers need to upgrade, and yep. and and that's part of what they need to do. Exactly. But thank you, John McGlue, for being able to step in there. Yeah, and do he, he was an honorable mention on my list. He was an honorable mention on yours. Yes. Okay. All right. So go, we're we're chugging along. So you've got Dotson and Witherspoon. I have Highsmith and LeGlue. Let's go to number three. Uh, number three for me was Highsmith. Oh, it was Highsmith. Okay. You thought Highsmith had a nice little jump. Anything more you want to say about that, even though we talked about it? No, just, just, you know, he, he, he went from a rotational guy to a starting guy and played, you know, played a lot more snaps and, you know, he's got a tremendous motor. Everybody that wants to see him, you know, bust out and have a gazillion sacks like TJ Watt, you got to remember that he can't do that in TJ Watt. Plus there were team. Uh, <clears throat> Had he been playing on a different team or, you know, with somebody not opposite T.J. Watt, he would have had more sacks this year. How many, yeah. times, how many times did T.J. beat him to a sack by a step? And what? And one of the times Highsmith gets a sack, people were complaining that he's, he beat Watt to it and Watt didn't and Watt didn't get to tie. Watt didn't – that was against Cleveland. That Watt didn't right. tie the record against Cleveland because Highsmith beat him there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I thought that's what he had to do. Saw yeah. what I saw what I needed to f- from from Alex Highsmith. He's going to be a be a you know hopefully be a mainstay as an outside linebacker for the Steelers for several years here. Yeah, so. and I'm going to tell you this: if I'm looking at players to make a jump for next year, would we go to do that probably again this summer? Yeah, there's a good chance he's on my list again. Yeah, he's probably on my yeah. list again too because I think I, I think he he can even continue uh, to to do better. My number three is someone who I just mentioned last week in my number in my number 4 and that's just because of how terrible we was last year and then he ended up being the better option by the end of the season and that's JC Hassenauer. Yeah. Trust me, I'm not saying I want Hassenauer to be the starting center. I'm not. But he was really bad last year. And he got better enough to where he's someone who could even stick around on the team again and ended up being the better option into the postseason for the Steelers. Now that's also not saying much about Kendrick Green, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he he was so much better than he was last year. And that's why I had to put him on there for making a jump just because of, uh, of, of you know, you got to forget when you're looking at, at, at most improved, if you go from an F to a C, that's still more improved than going from a B to an A. Right. So, and I'm not saying Hassan hours is a C. I'm just saying that because of where he started, I felt that he was he was a, a big jump there. So there we go. We're down to our final two for each of us. All right. So Rich, who's your number two? My number two is Zach Gentry. Before you get into that, I just want to say my number two 
is Zach Gentry. Zach Gentry. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to have him somewhere. I, I, yeah. What a pleasant surprise. Oh, my goodness. Very pleasant surprise. Just yeah. um, basically has made it to where we don't, you know, where you, you will see the Steelers not re-sign Eric Ebron because there's not a need to. I think he was a nice compliment to Pat Fryermuth. Um, his blocking is greatly improved. Um, was nice seeing the Steelers using him here and there in the passing game. You know, he now basically is our TE2. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to compare him to like a Jesse James just because I'm not sure yet. I would, I mean, I, I definitely think he's in the line of a Matt Spaeth who is more of a blocker. And this was a guy that was terrible blocking. I mean, he worked on it and yeah. he got better. Now, remember, he was hurt most of last year. So, and was not good as a rookie. So he had a little, you know, he had to work back that. But man, that to me, that guy made a big jump. That yeah. that that guy made a big jump, big jump. So said, did, you almost, did you almost? It sounded like you almost called him a big a big drunk. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw a word pop up on my screen, and that word almost came out of my mouth. Other than what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I do that all the time when I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. Um, so that's what's our number two. Now, before we get to number one, just so I don't lose it, we do have another two dollars from Sean Manhan in the tip jar. Thank you, Sean. Sean, Sean okay. must be made out of money. He's just yeah. throwing it out there out of yeah. like crazy tonight. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's already done his taxes for for, for for twenty for twenty twenty one, and 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 knows he's got a return or something. Um, he said, "Why run Najee so much? Uh, but uh, between the twenties tw- uh, and then forget in the red zone." Okay, I had to I had to do my my um, text message interpretation there. Yep. Um, that was my complaint a lot at the end of the season. I felt yep, like sometime too. they were almost trying. I, I almost felt like they were trying to get Ben closer to those touchdown records. I don't know if they really did or not, but it felt that way because I'm like, why in the world are you doing this? But you know what? Tennessee did the same freaking thing. Yeah. Did you watch Derrick Henry and Deontay Deontay Foreman or Dante? Whatever he whatever number seven got him. The, they nothing but run plays all the way down, all the way down. And what do they do? Down inside the ten yard line, they try to run a pass play and throw an interception to Mike Hilton. Yep, they did it too. You know, it's an, I remember as a kid hearing my dad. I mean, I, this was me as a kid. Okay, on Monday Night Football, criticizing the Kansas City Chiefs because what would they do on every drive? They would run Christian Okoye the whole way down the field, get inside the 20, three passes and a field goal. He's like, this team's dumb. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. I mean, I do understand the philosophy of, oh, well, they can crowd, crowd the line more when you don't have as much to defend of when you get down there close, which is true. But that also makes it harder to pass. It's going to be harder to do either. Do you agree with that? Yeah, so it's just dumb. you remember that with a Koye? Uh, I sure do. Yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah. I, 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 I see what you mean. I that frustrates me. But trust me, I've seen it other places other than the Steelers, and it's just like sometimes I'm like, it's, do they almost outthink themselves? Okay. Um, yeah, and it's almost to the point of it's all you know. It's right up there with the 
don't hand it to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line. Let's, you know. Yeah, we were going to have to throw it at some point because of everything. So so we figured we'd get that play out of the way first because of the time on the clock. You don't have to throw it at some point if you score on the very next play. That's right. And you're more likely to score on that play if you would have handed it off to Marshawn Lynch. Like that explanation of, oh, we couldn't have ran him three straight downs. We would have had to pass it on one of them. So we passed on that one. No, because you wouldn't have never you would never got there. You would have scored. Sorry. Um, we do have another one here. Um, this is from Monster 19. He says Montrevious Adams, same category as your glue. I'm gonna ask you now. Is that your number one? No, not mine either. I did not have Montrevious Montrevious, and there actually I I kept spelling his name wrong. There's no O in it. Um, not the first O, the last O. Um I did not have him in on my list, mainly because of how late he joined the team. That's the biggest thing with me. Yeah. He couldn't have improved so much from the season because he wasn't even with the Steelers until really late. And then hurt when he had to miss the game for the COVID protocol stuff. But still, that's that because I considered him and I'm like, I'm going to leave him off for that reason. Yep. So let's hit our number ones. Okay. Rich, your number one. Was it someone I already said your number one is? Okay. Um, I went against probably what I really would have liked to do, but my number one. I went rookie, and it was oh, Najee. I did. Najee. I went okay. rookie, and it was okay. Najee. I can. Understand. I saw so much more from that guy as a professional football player coming out of college than I could have asked for. Gotcha. Like, yeah, he he, just the way he ran the ball, especially at times when he had no blocking mm-hmm. and things like that, and catching the ball was so much more than what I expected. I just like, yeah, he like, it's one thing to go from college to the pros and make a step. Najee took a really big step. (laughs) You know, every college player that comes in their first year has made a good step. Usually Mm -hmm. his step was huge. I'll be honest with you. I, after looking at everything decided, you know what? I'm not going to go with any rookies. I'm just not because first of all, I don't watch them play in college to know how much they jump. And second of all, it would have had to have been that they started off not good and got really, really good by the end of the season. I'm not saying none of them did. I just don't know that I could have put any one or the other. So just for that reason, I didn't include them, uh, but I'm not I saying that. you shouldn't have. See, see, Najee, okay. I could not, not just the one I said about, cause yeah. I did what, you know, I, you know, he played at Alabama. I saw yeah. him play, you know, the little bit of college football I watched Tended to have I watched some games with Alabama, so I saw him play, and I thought he was good. But he again, part of the credit he's getting for me is what he was able to do behind a what for a lot of the season was a non-existing run, non-existent run blocking line. I agree. I get you. So you you know, uh, yeah. Mine, my number one is someone that's already been mentioned. Okay. It is one, Akella Witherspoon. Yeah, I, that didn't that, surprise me. Yeah, you're like, because there's no, you're like, oh, if you don't have him yet, he's got to be your one, because he had to be on the list. Yeah. That, I mean, he came in, traded to the Steelers, played four snaps in week two, gave up the huge touchdown, really put, you know, I don't know, that didn't lose them the game, but that really hurt in that game. Um, 
and the and then didn't play for forever. I I said it in the article that give you a little preview of what's going to be on behindthesilkcurtain.com tomorrow. I said the article he had this he had the worst PFF score for the Steelers defense through the first 10 weeks, which is nine games. Then over the final nine games, he had the second best, only behind TJ Watt. When he got his opportunity to get out there and do his thing, he did a nice job. To go from where he was the first two games to where he was at the end of the season, to me, was the biggest jump that there that, that you could have had. And what's crazy is the guys on these lists, my goodness, uh, Zach Gentry, did, were we even sure he was going to make the team this year? No, we were not. When we did this list in June, did we even know who Akilah Witherspoon was, let alone that he was going to be in the Steelers? No. No. Uh, John LeGlue. <laughs> he was on mine. I know even that wasn't necessarily on yours. I mean, that's the thing. The guys that made the difference were guys we didn't even know were going to be contributing to the Steelers this year. You think that's a good way to say it? Oh, it's a good way to say it. Yeah. And it's also a little bit sad. Yes, it is. It's a little bit sad that guys that we hoped made big steps didn't for one reason or another. I still say, I like that you threw Dotson on there. I had an honorable mention that, I, that I'm that i going to throw out there that I thought about. It was actually Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, I, I considered him at one point as well because he, you know, well, first of all, I played a lot more. And you could say, yeah. well, you know, he kind of played the Ryan Shazier role. Yeah. Um, not Ryan Shazier. Um, no, no, no. Juju you know who I mean. No. No. Um, um, I don't know who you're talking about. Come on. Yes, you do. The, the you know, Ben's good buddy. That, oh, you, know, you mean Ryan um, Switzer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Switzer. <laughs> yeah, right, wrong Ryan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wrong Ryan. Ben, Ben's buddy. Um, I see what you mean. Here's the, the reason I, I say, I'm like, like, McLeod didn't score any touchdowns last year um, or this year. And granted, he, you know, he only had he had twenty receptions. He had a much better catch percentage last year. Only he only had two incompletions thrown to him um, last year than this year. But the difference was on roughly twice as many receptions. He had six times more first downs. Like the previous year, he only had three receptions for a first down. This year, he had eighteen. So to me, I thought he made a jump there. Some people get frustrated with him as a returner. But uh, my my goodness. Actually, you know what? Um, he got better returning as the season went along. He quit trying to stretch everything wide. He started just looking to go up the yeah. go. He started looking to go up the middle, get what yards he could get, and just, you know, take, you know, just improve field position. And I and, thought he got better at that. And led the NFL in punt return yards. Yes. So. So he was an honorable mention for me. But yeah, um, and and it's funny. We'll do the list again this summer of who we think is going to improve. And you know what? When we do it after next season, if if any if we get one or two players on this on the list again, we'll we'll be lucky. So that was just interesting to to kind of look at what we thought before the season and see how the season actually played out. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up this super chat here, two dollars yep. um, from Steel Dog eighty eight. We're going to do this one, and then we're going to do our big question. Okay. Um, his says his thoughts on Trey Norwood's role next season, Rich. Role, I'm not sure, but he's definitely a guy who could potentially make our jump list. Yeah. To me, I want to keep his role the same. 
if at all possible. I he yeah. when he had to play for Minka, it's not that he was terrible, but he was really like he came off a week or two of being really good in his role in sub package, and then when he had to play every every snap and and do that job, it wasn't it wasn't that very that's that was one of his lower points of the season. So I think especially for now, young in his career, sub package football is really good for him. And I like the way they were utilizing. And I hope that they can use that, utilize him in that way next year. And the reason I say that they can is because they're not forced to have to have him on the field all the time like they had to uh, for one game this season. Because I think, especially being, you know, a seventh round rookie, if I mean, it's not that he can't eventually grow, grow into being a starter. I mean, look, how long did it take Cam Hayward before he was a starter? More than one season. Right. You know, he was a first round pick, so I'm not ready to thrust him into being a starter, but I really like the way where he was um, well, and how they utilized him in the defense. And just to think if he's only going to get better next year, that's just going to help make the, the Steelers secondary even better. So here we go. Uh, remember the rules. You're not allowed to put your answer out there in or I will put you in a timeout and not bring yours up. If you put it out there before I actually type in the question and set you all free. Okay. And that, and here's what your question is going to be. I'm typing it in now. And it's very simple. You're going to answer with, with only one person, one name. I don't want an explanation, big explanation. We're not going to read it. Just give us the name. Who would you have said was the biggest jump on the Steelers and had the biggest jump with the Steelers in 2021. Rich had Najee. I had a Keller Witherspoon. We had other people we talked about. It's in there now. You can now answer. Who do you think had the biggest jump in production or whatever they were they were doing for the Steelers? Who saw the biggest jump in the 2021 season? Ron Chess is the first one coming in. He says Alex Highsmith. Okay. Um, Pedro, I... I don't even know. Alma, help me, Rich. Uh, it doesn't, no, that doesn't say help me, Rich. Well, he says Cam. The no. problem is I don't even know which game he's talking about. Which Cam? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're saying Hayward, I mean, he was already all pro and is still all pro. Right. So, but I understand, but I wasn't sure. Um, Steeler Chick 46 said Gentry. Okay. Uh, um, Steeler Nation 412 said Muth. I liked him if I was going to be using rookies. If I used rookies, yeah. he probably would have made my list as well. If I would have used more than one rookie, he would have been my yeah. next one, of course. Because I thought as as the season went, especially, you know, evolving in his role. Steelers-Pittsburgh, Alex Highsmith. Um, BF Bud says Najee. Uh, Johnny Bravo says Mooth. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Steel Dog 88 says Ray Ray. He, he liked the uh, our honorable mention. Um, Brian Brown says Edmonds. From last year, this year, I just think Edmonds wasn't as bad as what people made him out to be. Yeah, my people opinion. people make him out to be. But that's still, he still had a good season. I still think he's just solid. Yeah, solid. And like player. Coach Tomlin said, the biggest thing he's got going for him is he's always available. Yep. Yeah. Um, Kobe Grant says Highsmith. Mark Tobin says Gentry. Who's this guy? I don't know, but he agrees Kyle with you. Schofield. He agrees with me. He says, You're disowned, son. You're disowned. <laughs> um, outside Steeler fan says Hayward. Um, Dark Storm One says Gentry. Andrew Wilbar says <laughs> funny. Well, 
No, Deontay Johnson, if you kind of forget the end of the season, if you look at the – I understand because of the drops, but then again, he then did again, not he got finish. Back. No, yeah. he did not. Yeah. So Here's another one I like. I like John Knox. He says Dan Moore. I thought okay. I Dan Moore was another person I was thinking about too because it was just so much more than you know we got more from him than what we expected. To me, the biggest jump for him went from the draft to week one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The yep. fact that he went from a guy that we never thought would see the field to he was your left starting left tackle during the season. I don't know that he improved a lot, but it all depends. You can you can kind of take this however you want to with with this. So that's why I can see Dan Moore being there. Um, BMK says Boswell. Okay. In my um, opinion, uh, the in my opinion, he was the best in the league this year at field goals over fifty yards. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, I I thought I thought he did well with 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 the the jump he made in me is my confidence from a farther distance. Yep. To me, you know, um, it's not the biggest jump of his career though, because that uh, that twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen had to be it. Okay, Michael O'Malley says Edmonds, Monster nineteen says as Edmonds. You know, um, and like I said, a lot of these is, is your own perception of players from last year to this year, or from the beginning of this season to the end of the season. Joe Blow says Witherspoon. Um, no one you know says Highsmith. Kathy Ford says 97. Okay. See, because Cam was always my favorite. I always thought he was fantastic in the yeah. first place. So I never saw him being a jump. I just saw him being who I thought he was. But that's just my own perception. I'm not disagreeing with you, Kathy. Um, and that, that's what that's what makes this so great. Um M M Marcus 39 says Witherspoon. Okay. Mirna Jane and Bert says Loudermilk. That's an interesting one to think about. Um, that he went from a guy that wasn't even active to start because that's not who he was supposed to be this year to a guy that had to start when Wormley was out. Yeah. So I I that's another really good point. Okay. Um, um Mr. Woody Sy says Edmonds. He says who I don't who I don't love to be honest. I know that's what he would say. Um, what's that? Prater says Deontay Johnson. Okay. Um, George cheated. George OTJ and says Gentry with Highsmith right behind. I shouldn't have even said it. Okay. Uh, Tyler W. He says TJ Watt because he increased his sacks by seventy five percent. I guess, I guess you know it makes a good point. Yeah, but you know we were that that yeah. I mean. I'm not going to argue with him. Michael O'Malley. Oh, wait, he already answered. Um, so um, Chuck Carr said Edmonds. Um, Scott Tolliver said Norwood. Kevin Brokenborough says Deontay Johnson. Um, Rush, you can't answer again. Um, um, Ariel 75 said Gentry by far. Okay. Um, Alex Flores says Adams, which, I mean, especially from being on – well, he did play for the Saints and had and had games, not just on their practice squad. Um, the people would remember, but yeah, to, from from not being around to what he did. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anyone that was that was. There we go. George Steyer says Dan Moore. Um, uh, the, a lot of people are just having a discussion, which is good. Uh, did James Bradshaw? I don't think he did before. No. He said Wormley. You know that's what? A, Wormley was somebody. One. Wormley was somebody I, I, I considered him I because he was. Him. I did consider him because he was such a disappointment last year that I that his play this year was much more what I was expecting last year. Yeah, yeah. Did, did we do Scott Tolliver? I don't know if we did or not. He said Adams, just to make sure. Um, Reginald River says Norwood. Um, I just love that people are 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 having a good discussion. Um, 
Um, this is Taj Brett, said Chris Wormley. Was a um, pleasant surprise. Um, Jeff Kozlowski says Gentry. Uh, Valley Ford says Adam. Um, Dave Legieri says Wormley. Um, uh, Rush said he answered it only once. Hmm, I don't know. Um, I thought I saw another one from him in there. I don't know. Put it in there again, Russ, and I'll pull it up. Well, no, because, because he said Najee, but I thought he started everything off, didn't oh. he? No. Oh no, that was Ron Chess, not Russ. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he said Najee. Yeah, I was getting, I was getting my. They, they, they both have green R's, don't they? <laughs> yeah, Russ, write it down. You're getting an apology yeah. from Dave. Yeah, so he yeah. doesn't do that very often. So I'm now, Dave, now I'm well, actually, no. Beyond that, is he admitted he was wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's what Dave yeah. doesn't do. Very I was got composed. Con, I'm so. con, totally confused there. Did Alex? Did we do Alex Flores? Um, oh no, well, yeah, I think we already did that one. Adams, um, looking to see if we had 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 nope. more. No, see, I, I went backwards. We got Scott Tolliver. We got Reginald yep, Rivers. We got, we're good. We got him. We got got him. Okay. Yep. Okay, good. Because I had to go back and then go forward and I got all confused. Anyway, whoo, it was fun. Oh, so, so, um, well, we'll, we'll address some of these questions that we did last offseason. We have some other things in store on this show, but hey, we still have all of our content coming for you. We're going to have another Sunday show for you coming up soon. I don't know if it'll be this Sunday or not. Uh, for the off season to replace the preview. Other than that, our regular our shows on on YouTube will be there, and of course, you've got to check out the audio only shows if you haven't already. Uh, there's an awful lot going on there. Rich, final thoughts. As bummed as I am that we have now gone more than a week without Steeler football, and we are not going to see Steeler football again for a long time. Let me just say, I do enjoy the fact that we have. This stuff that still mm-hmm. goes on, where the discussions out there keep it nice and fresh, you know. And you know, we got lots to look forward to from free agency to the draft to you know, OTAs to you know, uh, so we it's will coming. Just progress through our off season and all in looking forward. So, you know, what's up next exactly for the Steelers? I don't know, but I can't wait. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.